0: Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to Lakers Carpool. My name is James Brooks. I'm your host. Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode. The Lakers have lost their last two games, one against the Kings, one against the Denver Nuggets. The Lakers are in a bit of a rut. Let's jump into it. All right, so let's start with talking about the Lakers against the Kings. So the Lakers lost that game one twenty-five to one sixteen to the Kings, who are a struggling—they're a struggling team right now. They're—they're they're not a good team. We've talked about this before. The Lakers have struggled against the Kings this season. That triple overtime loss—the just losses that should not be losses. The Lakers lose by nine. They just got outworked. They didn't play good defense. They, the Lakers had a good first half. I'll say that. They played They played well, a decent in the first half. They The first quarter, I mean, was their best quarter. They um, put up 34 points in the first quarter, put up 33 points in the second quarter. They were leading at halftime. The lead was not as big as it probably could or should have been. And then they just got outworked in the second half. Mostly the third quarter. They gave up 40 points to the Kings in the third quarter they got outscored 40 to 23 in the third quarter. And that's the difference in the game. That's where the Lakers lost it. And I mean the Kings shot well, right? They so the Kings shot 55% from the field. They didn't shoot that great from 3. They shot better than the Lakers, but they uh at least percentage-wise, the Lakers went 16 for 47 from the three-point line. They took 47 threes versus the Kings who went 11 for 30. So the Kings had a better shooting percentage, but they didn't make more than the Lakers. The Lakers took 98 shots on the game versus the Kings took, taking 89 shots on the game, and the Kings just made, they ended up making more. They shot 55%, Lakers shot 42%. Kings made 49 shots, Lakers made 42 shots. And some of that is just good shot making, right? Like, some of that, they're good shots, but a lot of those are open threes. The Lakers gave up a ton of open corner threes. Harrison Barnes hit a few, uh, Buddy Heald hit a few, and... The defense just is looking terrible. I mean, and again, another just terrible game from Russell Westbrook, who had 8 points. He did have 12 rebounds, which is good. 6 assists. That's good. But he shot 2 for 14. 14% on the game. 0 for 5 from 3. Didn't make 1-3. Made 2 field goals in the entire game. And you're telling me he's in the big 3. Good God. So, Russell Westbrook, terrible. LeBron James, great as always. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> 34 points, 7 rebounds, 6 assists, 13 of 29, 44% shooting. Shooting wasn't great. 3-point shooting was awful for him. LeBron shot 12 threes, went 3 for 12. So I say LeBron was great. He It looks great because he had 34 points, but when you look at the stats, he did struggle against the Kings. 13, 13 for 29 from the field, 3 for 12 from 3, 5 for 10 from the free throw line. Uh, so not great for LeBron, uh, who ended up with a minus 12 in the game. Uh, but... 34 points like he's he's at least putting up points right which the Lakers are struggling to do. Malik Monk played pretty well, 22 points, 7 rebounds. He shot 53%. I think he was one of the better shooters uh in the game, 6 for 9 from 3. He was kind of like the the consistent guy on the from an offensive side and then Austin Reeves came out and he is the reason the Lakers even were in the game. At like even had a chance at the end of the game who he had 19 points he shot seven for ten from the field four for seven from three no turnovers he is the only well not the only but he is like he had he had like for the amount of minutes he played he ended up with a plus minus of zero which there is no one else that played nearly as many minutes as him that had a positive rating there are some guys that had a positive rating, but they didn't play nearly as many minutes. So, shout out to Austin Reeves for coming out and playing well, earning earning the minutes, uh, which is great. So, offensively, the Lakers are struggling. Of the Lakers starters, so LeBron had 34, Malik Monk had 22. Russell Westbrook was a starter, 8 points. Avery Bradley was a starter, 6 points. Trevor Ariza was a starter, 2 points. Austin Reeves came off the bench, 19 points. And the rest of the team was in single digits. THT, 9. Dwight Howard, 8. Stanley Johnson, 8. Everyone else, big fat zero. So, the Lakers' offensive struggles continue. There's no... Uh, and I think a lot of this has to do with Anthony Davis not being around. We're, we don't have our second best player. We don't really know what we're doing on offense. We're leaving it up to LeBron James, Malik Monk, and Russell Westbrook to try and get things done. We have guys like Austin Reeves step up. Wayne Ellington has been coming in in the few minutes he's getting, and he's been um well actually last night he played nine minutes had zero points or not last night but against the kings so never mind on that but the game before that against the grizzlies he came in and was shooting well and he brought the lakers down from like 28 him and austin reeves so there's been a few a few guys coming in here and there around lebron but it's really like lebron russell westbrook malik monk we're we're all hoping and needing them to to put up points lebron puts up 34 malik monk's Malik Monk put up 22 Austin Reeves put up puts up 19. you would think that be that would be enough I mean the Lakers scored 116 points in the game which is pretty like that's good for the NBA right now like teams do score score more but there's no there's no world in which the Lakers should be giving up 20 or 125 points to the to the Sacramento Kings so the, the Lakers let so De- De'Aaron Fox had 29 points Harrison Barnes at 23 points. They had the the Kings had their entire starting lineup in double figures, and Buddy Healed off the bench in double figures, six players in double figures. The Lakers had three: LeBron James, Malik Monk, Austin Reeves. So I mean that's the difference. The Lakers aren't playing good enough defense. They're not. They can't stop De'Aaron Fox. De'Aaron Fox. The perimeter defense is awful, and then the Lakers are playing a small small ball lineup with LeBron at the center, like the, like a. Dwight Howard got 14 minutes of playing time in the game, and he's like the only big that got in. Otherwise, it's LeBron James at center, who plays 38 minutes at 37 years old. There's a plethora of, thing, of of problems that we can address here. Poor defense. LeBron having to play center, LeBron having to play 38 minutes in the game, and having to put up 34 points. No wonder LeBron's legs are exhausted and he only shot three for 12 from the three-point line, he's doing everything for him. And he, he's been able to do this on teams, and it's un, un, unbelievable that he can do it now, still. But the Lakers got to figure something out, because they are going to lose him. LeBron is the only thing keeping us afloat, if you if you can even consider us afloat. We're in a little boat, and a little canoe, and there's holes everywhere, and we're starting to sink. And LeBron's the only one that's in there plugging up the holes, trying to keep us from from going under and i know we've had injury history, injury problems i know anthony davis being out for over a month is or close to over a month is difficult but that being said a championship level team should be constructed to the point where if one of your if you have one good player or one of your better players goes down you can still win some ball games especially against teams like the sacramento kings you know but that's not happening for the lakers they're struggling to beat these teams. They're struggling to to beat the Sacramento Kings. They're they it's LeBron James it's the LeBron James show and Anthony Davis show, and the the role players decide when they, you know, if they're gonna show up or not. And most of the time this season they haven't been showing up. Shout out to Malik Monk, who, for the most part recently, has been pretty consistently good. He's had a few bad games here and there. Russell Westbrook, though, man, I mean, like, I don't know, like, I can't, I don't know how many times I can give him the benefit of the doubt. We're halfway through the season, and he still hasn't figured it out. And again, I know there's the injury histories, I know there's the injury problems, the Lakers haven't, I I mean, you look back, like, I don't know if the Lakers have started the same consistent starting lineup all season. There hasn't been, like, a lineup that they've used for five games straight they're always tinkering with the lineup tinkering with the starting lineup which is like you can partially blame well a lot of that blame would go against the head coach if you think that's the part of the problem which it could be and and maybe that maybe it is but Russell Westbrook halfway through the season he's a he's a double digit year veteran does that make sense like i, I don't like it's like he's a 13 year veteran i forget exactly when he came into the league it was like 2006. 2007 it's like he's like a 13 year veteran i think a superstar a guy that an mvp a a former mvp and you're telling me 40 games 41 games into the season 42 whatever it is he can't figure out how to play next to lebron james the best player one of the best players of all time in the nba that we've ever seen if you can't figure out how to play next to lebron who like again, I know people have their qualms with LeBron, whatever. LeBron is one of the better teammates when it comes to like playing on the court, is one of the better teammates that we've ever seen. Like Magic Johnson level esque. The distribution he has, the the passing, the ability to to get to the rim, to, to di- like LeBron is on like he's a he's a mega superstar in the NBA, one of the greatest, like arguably the greatest of all time in the NBA and he's like a lot of times a pass first player which is pretty crazy to think about and Russell Westbrook can't figure out how to play around that like come on man so the lakers are just they they're struggling all over the place they can't figure it out offensively minus lebron james and malik monk every like who's more inconsistent than than lebron and then the defense is just awful you give 125 points to the sacramento kings You're giving up, you're getting, you can't stay in front of De'Aaron Fox. I know De'Aaron Fox is fast as hell, but you can't stay in front of De'Aaron Fox. You can't let him get to the basket without fouling him. It's the same thing with with John Morant. He, the, the Lakers can't cover John Morant. He gets to the basket with ease and gets fouled every single time. He gets to the basket. Like, looking back at the last game against the Grizzlies, I'm curious. I might be proven wrong here. I'm doing this live the Lakers, John Morant had 12 field, 12 free throw attempts, which I guess I would imagine being higher, but that's by far the highest of any other grizzly in that game. And by far the highest of any Laker, the highest free throw attempts the Lakers got was four from LeBron James, four from LeBron, four from Carmelo, four from Austin Reeves. And then John Morant got 12, Jaron Jackson Jr. had seven. So, you know, it's like, that just shows that like, and all the most of those fouls are happening around the basket. Because we can't cover him. We can't stay in front of him. Gets around us, and then we foul him when he comes gets to the hoop. And, I mean, he's a crazy athletic freak. It's, it's unbelievable. I mean, you saw that play where he chased down and just snatched the ball out of, I think it was like Avery Bradley, out of the air. Like, he just floated in the air. Like, he's a freak athlete. So, like, it's not crazy that we can't cover him, but, like, Again, if you're viewing it through the lens of a championship-level team, you have to have someone on your team that can defend the best players in the league. You have to have someone that can stay in front of John Morant, Kevin Durant, James Harden, Chris Paul, Devin Booker. You gotta have guys that can Steph Curry. You got you have to have guys that can cover those guys. And I don't know. I mean, like Avery Bradley is a good defender for the most part. Like he's pretty quick and he's 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 good at covering guards, but also we struggle mightily defend on the defensive end. So, needless to say, after this Kings game, I was pretty upset. I was pretty fired up, especially with Russell Westbrook. He just he absolutely killed us. He and again, I we we can't put all the blame on Westbrook. He's the easy scapegoat because he's he's the new guy. He's part of the quote-unquote big 3 and he's struggling miserably. So it's easy, he's an easy scapegoat. And like he definitely does deserve some sort of the blame. But I will go on the record of saying like it's not a hundred percent his fault. Things just could be a lot better if he was a little bit better. Um but the Lakers, yeah, the Lakers, the struggles, it's it's all over the place. And I can't help but think that it's it's unbelievable to me that the Lakers did what they did with the team. Like in retrospect. After the Lakers lost in the first round to the Suns in the playoffs last season, everyone was all Lakers fans were super upset, super upset at Dennis Schroeder and Frank Vogel, and, and things were weird. Right, we had we we signed Andre Drummond and like Drummond would play, but then Montrez Harrell wouldn't play, and there was like definitely some chemistry issues. Schroeder wasn't happy. LeBron wasn't happy. Like LeBron was kind of acting up at times. Like there was definitely some problems. I'm not saying it was perfect. But you have a you had a game or a season where LeBron James and Anthony Davis missed like a combined sixty something games out of an eighty. Well, was that that was the shortened season too? Out of like a seventy-two game season, they missed. I think it was yeah, like fifty to sixty of those games combined. Like combined, either one, either both, or one of them missed that many games. We made it to the seventh seed in the West. Had a matchup against the Suns who. They made it to the finals, but a healthy Lakers team that season versus versus the Suns, Lakers win that series. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Suns fans. But, like, Lakers, like, we were on our way to, to going up, like, three games to one in that series before Anthony Davis got hurt. So, again, that's how the game's played. That's how it happens. But I'm just saying, like, that, that was a good Lakers team. KCP playing defense. Trez could play defense. Um, Kuzma stepped up and was playing great defense. Marc Gasol, just a great basketball IQ in general. A little slow on the defensive end, but like good basketball IQ, which I feel like the Lakers are kind of lacking right now. Just knowing where to be on defense and offense, and being in the right place, and and things like that. So, and and after the Lakers lost to the Suns. I don't know if I said it on the podcast, but I definitely said this to like my brother and just friends, and just talking about the Lakers. Like, I'm ready to run it back. I know Dennis Schroeder was disappointing. I know like down the stretch he was not as good as we would have hoped he would have been, and all those things. But I was like, I'm willing to give him another chance. I'm not ready to move off of him quite yet. Like he hasn't played. He's mi- he you know he missed out on being able to play like 50 plus games with both you know either one or both of LeBron James and Anthony Davis give him a chance to play with those guys and get used to it, you know. Same thing with Montrez Harrell, right? It's like give him a chance and again, I know Trez was like tre- tweeting some weird stuff and there like there's something kind of happening I'm I'm sure of that maybe pushed Plinko to think it was a good idea to try and package him up in a trade and 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 do that do that Westbrook trade. But from a basketball standpoint on the court, the abilities that the team had last season far outweigh the abilities of this team this season. Yeah, LeBron can score. Anthony Davis can score. Carmelo can score. In theory, Westbrook can score. But... We... It's... it's Just... Just because you have the right... The right... Like, certain guys doesn't mean they're going to fit. You can have really cool-looking puzzle pieces, but if those puzzle pieces don't match up, it's not going to create a nice picture. So... That's just kind of like my thoughts on how where the Lakers are at right now. It's pretty depressing to think that we blew up a team that definitely was more of a championship level team than this team we have right in front of us. So, you know, it's it's embarrassing to lose by 9 points to the Kings who are 17 and 27 or at least were at the time that they won. But no it's even more embarrassing Losing by forty points to the Denver Nuggets, and I'll, I'll mind, like mind you, the Denver Nuggets are not that good this season. They are twenty-two and nineteen after last night's win against the Lakers. The Lakers are twenty-one and twenty-two on the season now, one game below five hundred. So the Nuggets have they're three games above five hundred. So they've you know win-loss standings they're quote-unquote better than the Lakers, but they're missing. MPJ, Michael Porter Jr., Jamal Murray. They're missing some of their better players. They have Jokic, who's playing well. But they lost 133 to 96 to the Denver Nuggets. Now, I do have a buddy who's a, a Denver, Denver Nuggets fan, and he did say that this was the best game he's seen them play all season. And you'll see that based on the shooting percentages, right? So the Denver Nuggets on the game shot. This is unbelievable. from three on 40 attempts and 51.6% from the field on 91 attempts. So the ball was just falling for the Nuggets last night. And again, this goes back to the game, like what I was saying about the game against the Kings. Some of that is just good shooting, which you can't always help. Some, sometimes it's just that team's night and they're going to hit a bunch of shots. But that being said, your defense should be good enough that you have a hand in you're closing out on every single shot and you have a hand in every shooter's face. Every single shot. And if they make it, they make it. But my guess is if the Lakers did that last night, if they played good defense, close out on every single shot that the Nuggets took. And again, you're maybe it's a high order to a tall order to ask a team to be able to close out on every single shot. You know, if a team on offense just has a good play or a good passing, yeah, you're going to mess up every once in a while. But if you can if you're closing out on 90%, 95% of every shot that a team takes, my guess is they're not shooting 57% from 3 and 51% from the field. So, the Lakers defense and effort last night was just awful. They gave up 27 points to Bones Highland. He's uh comes off the bench, plays 32 minutes, he's like six six man for the for the Nuggets right now. Jokic only had 17 points, but he didn't need to have a bunch of points because Jeff Green had 26 points, Bones had 27 points, and the Nuggets as a team shot 50 almost 60% from three. So on on 40 attempts, it's not like they shot 57% and shot 10 times and just happened to make five three, right? It's like they shot a lot of threes. They shot a good amount of threes. The Lakers, on the other hand, not so good. 33% from three on 30 attempts, and 43% from the field on 82 attempts. LeBron James ended up with 25 points. I feel like there's never a game where both Russell Westbrook and Malik Monk play well. It's like, it's one or the other. Last night, Russell Westbrook had 19 points. So, okay, good, good, right. He shot 7 for 15, 46%. So he, he was one of the better shooters for the Lakers, surprisingly, last night. LeBron struggled, struggled again. He, LeBron was 9 for 23 for, from the field, 39%. 2 for 8 from 3, 25%. So LeBron's been kind of struggling with his, his efficiency the last few games, the shooting efficiency. So Russell Westbrook, 19 points. One of the more efficient shooters for the Lakers, surprisingly. Only took two threes, which is good. One for two from three he made all his free throws so Westbrook in my book had a good game last night on the offensive side I will say defensive side I don't think any team anyone on the Lakers had a good game um Malik Monk struggled four points he but he only took five shots two for five from the field so I don't know what's up there I don't know why he's not taking more shots the Lakers did go big last night starting Dwight Howard so LeBron was power forward That game, uh, Dwight Howard got double figures, 13 points. And that's it. Another game where you only have three players in double figures. LeBron at 25, Russell Westbrook at 19, Dwight Howard at 13. Where on the other end, you had the Nuggets with seven guys in double figures. Every single starter was in double figures, and then two guys off the bench in double figures. So, the Lakers got to figure something out, but their defense sucks. Their defense is awful. 133 points and you only put I mean the Lakers are only putting up 96 points in a game. You're not going to win many games in the NBA only putting up 96 points unless your defense is outstanding. So even if the Lakers played a little bit better defense, they're still probably probably losing that game. But the thing is with basketball is like you play good defense and good defense leads to good offense. We saw that it, the last two seasons with the Lakers when you when you have one of the better teams like one of the better defensive teams in the league defense leads to good offense, defense leads to fast break points. And the Lakers at least I mean every team is better when you when you're on a fast break. You're just the defense is out backpedaling, you're going full speed. And when when you have LeBron James on your team, you're better when you're on the fast break. Between both LeBron's passing abilities and LeBron's freight train like ability to get to the basket, like you're a better team with LeBron like when LeBron's on the floor when you're in the fast break position so good defense leads to better offense in my opinion so if the lakers played better defense last night they probably have more than 96 points they probably have a better shooting percentage and it's a it's a closer game maybe they don't maybe the lakers don't win you know but this is a this is a team it's all about the winnable games this is the thing this season is all about winnable games all about the winnable game especially at this point where we're one game below 500 we're struggling to stay like the Lakers at this point if they if things don't change if if we're consistently inconsistent end up around 500 we'll be in the play in tournament probably we might make the playoffs as a 8 seed maybe 7 seed and and then from there i mean like again getting in the playoffs is the most important thing but in order to get in the playoffs you have to win ball games and when you're at this point where you're losing to teams like the Kings and the Nuggets and teams that are either worse than you or around the same tier as you, you got to win those ball games. So just a really disappointing loss for the Lakers, 40 point loss to the Denver Nuggets. It doesn't get much worse than that really. Like I, I keep thinking when the Lakers lose to a team, it's like, oh, that's the new low for the season. Or that's like the that's the all-time low for the season, right? Like that's that is a new low. I can't imagine it getting worse than this. I was kind of thinking that when they were down by like thirty to the Grizzlies three games ago, but losing by nine to the Kings and then following that up with a forty-point loss to the Nuggets. And again, like the Nuggets, if they were healthy, they would they would be a better team. They'd be a good team, like a decent team. And and again, I they're. Their record is slightly better than the Lakers, but they're not like a, they're not that crazy special, right? And again, not to say that the Lakers are crazy special by any means, but like that to follow that up with a forty point, like the thing is, is like I could, I can understand. So losing to a team like the Kings, no matter what, whether it's a close game or a blowout, is is disappointing. Losing to a team like the Nuggets is especially disappointing if you lose by, if you get blown out. But because the Nuggets are like in the same tier as the Lakers, at least from like a record standpoint, where you're, where they are in the standings, they're kind of in the same tier. So if the Lakers at least battled, if it was a close game, if it was a five point game with three minutes left, if it was a if you're if it's going down to the wire, I can at least say like okay, the Lakers put an effort, they were in the game, and the Nuggets just outlasted them. They just did something stuff better down, down the stretch or or whatever you know whatever it is. I can live with that a little more but to get blown out really by any team unless it's like the best team in the league or something like that like to get blown out by a team that is in your quote-unquote same tier it it's that's pretty bad so the lakers have some soul searching to do the i mean i don't know i don't i don't honestly don't even know what to say like the lakers need to make some moves they need to do something i know we're waiting for ad to come back who who the, he's being reevaluated reevaluated this week. And the Lakers are pretty confident, I think, from what I've heard, that he will come back in January. He might come back during this road trip that the Lakers are on. So I feel hopeful about that. I think that will help. But again, he's missed almost a month. And, and he's a good player. He'll, he'll get back in his rhythm and stuff. But again, it's just throwing another another cog and another another thing into the mix right another okay we've been playing without him for a month like all right let's get him back in let's get used to it right it's like it's not like it's not like the lakers are practicing every single day in our and it's not like anthony davis is like practicing in a limited ability a limited capability every day like yeah he's shooting around yeah he's doing workouts but they're not like running five on five with each other in in the off days right so it's like Your the game time is when you figure that stuff out really and it'll take it'll there's going to be some more growing pains uh Kendrick Nunn still out still hasn't played yet for the Lakers this season I hear he it's getting better like it's more hopeful that he'll come back but who knows I I certainly don't know um so yeah but the Lakers have to do something at this point I mean personally I think that when you have a, a guy like Russell Westbrook who's a quote-unquote leader on the team, but can't figure things out for himself, it does it doesn't do the team any good. And so I think if you could move off of Russell Westbrook, that would be the best thing you could do. People are talking about people like trying to shop THT around, Kendrick, Nunn even, but like the Lakers, it's not like the Lakers are playing like it's one of those tough situations where your your team isn't playing well, so you want to shop players around. But because they're not playing well, it's like, what value do they have, right? And Tht's a young guy. who's He's going to be a decent player, if not a good player, in the NBA. So teams, I could see teams seeing value in him. Russell Westbrook, though? Like, I don't know. Could you trade Russell Westbrook for Ben Simmons? I would be open to it at this point. Like, after after the playoffs last year, where Ben Simmons was afraid to shoot, I was like, wow, I would never want that guy on my team. But now that I've seen Russell Westbrook, I don't I don't want Russell Westbrook to shoot the basketball. So I'm like, all right, like maybe I can get like things that are like Ben Simmons has things that are better than Russell Westbrook that you would get. And then he doesn't shoot the basketball. So you're not getting those terrible misses, bad possessions like that. Like maybe having LeBron and, and Ben Simmons, who are kind of pass first guys, is maybe not good. But like Ben Simmons can at least like facilitate and get the ball to LeBron. Like better like I mean Westbrook's a decent facilitator. He has some nice passes, some good assists, but I don't know. Who knows? So the Lakers, man, what? What's like? What? What? Like? There's not much more to say. But the Lakers got to figure something out. They got to make some moves. There's no team, like, there's no team realistically that wants Russell Westbrook. But like, maybe you could finagle a trade to get Ben Simmons. Maybe you. Can finagle a trade to get John Wall. I don't know. Who knows? So, the Lakers' next game is Monday, tomorrow night, against Utah. The Jazz, who are the third best team in the West, I believe. Donovan Mitchell, he's averaging 25 points. He's. Uh, Rudy Gobert is averaging 15. This is going to be a tough game for the Lakers, especially if Anthony Davis isn't back tomorrow, which I'm assuming he won't be. Uh, but I, mean, I guess it's possible. But he probably won't be back tomorrow. The Lakers' defense is so bad, has been so bad, that I don't see a way in which you're stopping Donovan Mitchell, Rudy, Rudy Gobert, Mike Conley. Like, I don't see a world in which you're you are getting those stops that, that you need to get. The game is at home for the Lakers, but ESPN Matchup Predictor has uh, Utah as 61% favorites. It's like a 61% chance to win that game, which makes sense. Utah's 28-14 on the season. Again, like I mentioned, they're third in the West... Oh wow, actually they're fourth in the West. Memphis has out has is third now. I just I'm seeing this for the first time. That's crazy. So Utah's fourth in the West. They have struggled, they've been on a bit of a losing streak. So they've lost to the Raptors. They lost to the Blazers. They lost to the Raptors by double figures. They lost to the, the Pacers by double figures. They lost to the Pistons. Wow, they've this is pretty crazy. They have lost four games straight all in double figures against teams that are not that good. The Pacers, the Pistons, the Cavs. They play the Nuggets tonight. So we'll see how that goes. The team that the Lakers just lost to. And then they play the Lakers tomorrow. So, again, I'm not expecting the Lakers to win this game. But now that I mean now that the Jazz are in the fourth, so like I've always, at least, earlier on in the season, I was viewing the fourth seed as like the prime goal for the Lakers this season. Like, there's no way they're getting up to one or two just with how good Phoenix and Golden State are playing. But I was like, maybe there's, if they can go on a streak, you know, and, and teams lose some games and stuff, like they could get up to the fourth seed. That way, you're in the top half of the playoff bracket. You don't have home court advantage, things like that. At least for the first round. Um, and now that the Jazz are in the fourth seed, it's kind of like, all right, this is a milestone game for the Lakers. I don't think we, we played the Jazz earlier on this season. I think maybe we we lost. I, let me see if that was the head to head matchups or anything like that. I don't know. So the Lakers, again, it's not a game that we should expect the Lakers to win, but we should view this as a milestone game for the Lakers which sucks because we're missing Anthony Davis and there's just a plethora of issues, but it's going to be tough. But if the Lakers could, if the Lakers could pull out a win for Utah against Utah tomorrow night, this would be the biggest one of the season by far, by far the biggest one of the season. So when you have LeBron James, anything's possible. That's what, that's the way I, that's the way I see it. So uh, tune in tomorrow night to see the uh, train wreck of the Lakers this season. See how they can do against Utah. I, I mean, I'm not confident, but I think that it'll be interesting to see. I mean, given how maybe losing by forty to Denver will light a fire under the Lakers to, to get the job done, to get to get a win, you know, to try and get a win, to play better, to figure things out. But I'm not again, given how the season has gone, I can't be that confident. So tough, tough game ahead. And then looking ahead, they play the Pacers who are 15-28 on the season. We beat them in overtime earlier this season. Then we play the Magic. who are, They only have eight wins this season. So, again, a more than winnable game there. And then after that, things get a little tough. We have three games in a row. Again, well, not like back-to-back, but like they're like every other day against the Heat, the Nets, and the Sixers. So, we have like, if we could get Anthony Davis back before the Heat, Nets, and Sixers, that would be huge. And I did just see that uh kevin durant is going to be out for like four to six weeks with a sprained knee injury kind of similar to anthony davis also so uh you know at this point we need every win we can get so if kevin durant's not playing for the net you know he wasn't playing on christmas day either and the lakers were they were they were getting blown out they they made it a close game The lakers can beat the nets at least without kevin durant um it's possible so if we can get Anthony Davis back before those three games, that would be huge. Monday night might be a lost cause. Pacers, mad, Pacers magic, very winnable. And then again, Heat, Nets, Sixers. Any game is winnable, but that's going to be tough. That is definitely going to be tough. So there, that, that's kind of the, the schedule look ahead there. Um, I'm going to take a quick break, and then we're going to jump into a quick mailbag segment. Alright, let's jump into this mailbag segment. So got a few questions this week. First question we have is from Tyler who asks, Will LeBron leave LA? That's a good question. Honestly, I don't know that he will. I mean he's 37 years old now. You have to you have to think. I mean I know he's playing at a high level still, but by the time he's forty, you gotta think his body's gonna, gonna at least start breaking down by then. May like maybe he makes it to like forty two like not maybe if he's not like at that high of a level but like given the fact the fact that like his family's in la right he has like Bronny who's in high school at sierra canyon right now and his other kids that are getting you know they're they're in la and again he moved out here for a reason which is i'm sure a post-basketball reason to you know he did space jam two and different business opportunities things like that and again i know when you're as rich and wealthy as a guy like lebron james you can have you can live somewhere and get other places (laughs) pretty easily um but like there's a reason he he moved out here and and so i could see a world in which he just desire desire decides to uh stay out here and, and retire with the lakers so and again is that good for the lakers or is that bad for the lakers i don't know i mean the within two years of him being out here, the Lakers won a championship. So like, that's, that's good. Um, we got Anthony Davis. We, we, you know, he's a, he's a smart, but he has a, he's a smart basketball mind. So having him involved with the Lakers, whether he's the best player or not, I think is a, is a benefit unless it turns into like a Kobe situation where he's taking a bunch of money from the Lakers, but not performing at a high level. Right. Like the Lakers struggled a lot in kobe's last few years because the lakers paid him a a ton of money and and not to say that he didn't deserve it but he also (laughs) wasn't he was hurt and he wasn't playing very well and then we had all those young guys and we won like 11 games in a season right so like if it turns into one of those situations probably not great well definitely not great but i i I have high hopes that I can that he can still figure things out and and still play at a decently high level even if he's not like the best player on the team maybe. But who knows? I mean he's a freak. I we it's something that we've we've almost never seen before. I mean, I know like Carl Malone like his that season in 2004 with the Lakers, like the season that ended in 2004, 2003, 2004 with the Lakers. He was 40 that year and the Lakers made to the championship, lost, but he was like super hurt and injured that season and stuff. So like we've seen like someone like Carl malone play till he's 40 and we've seen like guys like joe johnson come back this season who's like 40 you know but lebron's he's another he's another animal he's a, he's a freak athlete so who knows uh, we got another question from wine Adventure who asks keep or ditch russ i'm i mean i'm team ditch russ 100% like it we tried it we've gone halfway through a season it's not working. He's not figuring it out. He's playing next to one of the best players that we've ever seen play in the NBA, and um, yeah, like it's it's just not working. And and I we've known this. We we know Russell Westbrook is not that good of a basketball player anymore. Like maybe he was good on the Thunder. He maybe he was good coming out of college. Like yes, he has had success in the NBA. I'm not saying he's always been a terrible basketball player. Last few years, he's been pretty bad. We played against him in in the 2020 playoffs. In the second round when he was on the Rockets and we exploited Russell Westbrook's weaknesses all series and won that series in five games and he was the second like the quote-unquote second best player on that team next to James Harden and yeah James Harden also doesn't have great playoff a great playoff record and he has his own problems and there's definitely James Harden critics out there and the Lakers are able to exploit some of his weaknesses also it's not all on Russell Westbrook that's not what I'm saying but we, LeBron knows Russell Westbrook's weaknesses. He exploited them against him in the playoffs. So, like, that's where, that's where my confusion comes from on why we decided to trade for him. But, yeah, I'm 100% team to trust. Like, should have done it three weeks ago. Uh, we got another question from Tyler who asks, what size shoe are you? Well, it depends. I'm, a size, I'm, like, size 14 for most shoes, like casual shoes. But when I play basketball, I wear size 15. Uh, especially cuz I usually wear like Nike basketball shoes and they run a little small so I wear size 15. Also I like having a little more space like not too much space in my shoe but but enough. So yeah, 14 or 15 depending on the shoe. But like if I wear Converse, like size 15 is way too big. So, it depends on the shoe. But yeah, 14 or 15. Oh, and that the follow-up Tyler has a follow-up question. Do I wear Kobe or LeBron shoes? So, I've actually never owned LeBron shoes. I wore Kobe shoes for, I had like Kobe eights that I still have. And I still wear as like my outdoor shoes now. Um, but I wore those when I was in college at Kings, I wore those Kobe's I think my first season there. And then from there, like I, I've had other Kobe's that I actually didn't like as quite as much as the Kobe eights. Like those were nice. Um, I had Kyrie's one year. Those were awful. With like the Velcro across, I did not like those. Um, the shoes I'm wearing now, like as my indoor shoes, are the the new Giannis shoes, and I like those a lot actually. So, uh, to answer your question, I between Kobe or LeBron shoes, I would choose Kobe only because I haven't I've actually never tried to wear LeBron shoes, so I, I wouldn't know. But right now, the Giannis shoes they're nice. I would definitely recommend, and they're like not crazy expensive either, which is nice. So definitely recommend those if you're looking for new basketball shoes. All right. And then the last question we have comes from Mateo, who asks, why not rebuild around LeBron one more time? Trade everyone. Yeah, I'm kind of open to that. I mean, like, we blew things up this offseason. It's not working. So let's just do it again. Let's figure something out. Let's find something that works, you know? Uh, I wouldn't necessarily, I'm not too keen on trading Anthony Davis. I think the the LeBron Anthony Davis duo is is completely unstoppable like i've i said this on the podcast before uh chris vernon who's on the mismatch for the ringer was saying that even with the lakers struggles there still isn't really a better duo in the nba than lebron and anthony davis right now and that's not going to last forever because lebron again can't stay at this level forever and anthony davis with his injury history i'm sure he's going to age very quickly which is is a shame. So like in that sense like maybe it's smart to trade Anthony Davis. I don't know, but but there's a a small window right now where LeBron is 37 and still at the height of his ability. Like not the height of his abilities, but he's still one of the arguably one of the best players in the NBA right now, even at 37. And Anthony Davis, who is like I think he's 27, maybe 28, is is still quote-unquote young, but because of his injury history and injuries and stuff I could see a world in which he ages very quickly. He, maybe he doesn't make it to 34 in the NBA. I don't know. Who knows? But right now, there's a small window where it it could work. If Anthony Davis comes back from this knee injury and is, is healthy and, and energetic and, and everything, and, we're, and where LeBron is playing right now at the height of his, his, his playing this season, there's a small window where it could work. So I wouldn't necessarily want to trade Anthony Davis yet, but everyone else, like i i'm i'm i I would want to keep austin reeves he's a rookie that is playing hard he's one of the only players that is playing with with effort right now he's he's showing that he can score he's you know he's putting up 17 points 19 points and and his defense will get better it's not his defense isn't fantastic but the his effort kind of makes up for it a lot of times and there's been times where he's Staying in front of guys like John Morant again, not every single time, but like he's showing that he can do it. So, Austin Reeves is a guy I would hold on to, especially given the fact that he's a rookie. You're not gonna, you don't have to pay him that much anyway. Everyone else, though, I mean, Carmelo can hit threes fairly consistently, which I like, but he's also old, right? So like, Malik Monk, I like Malik Monk too. He does have trade value, but I don't know like who who you Unless there's like a package you can put together where you get someone that's crazy good, like you package Russell Westbrook and Malik monk and get Jason Tatum or something right like if you if that's on the table, I'm open to that maybe but like you know Malik monk's showing he can peek and play well as a as like a role player, which I love you have to have role players that can step up to be good in the n b a you have to have superstars and you have to have like all star superstars and you have to have role players that can step up and play well so I'm I like what Malik Monk is showing that he can do. So, like, yes and no to the question, like about like trading everyone and rebuilding around LeBron. It's tough because LeBron only has he has a limited number of days left or years left. So, rebuilding around him, I am torn on that idea because again, I just don't know what LeBron's abilities are going to be. You know, so but I agree. Like, I am open to pretty much blowing up. Most of what's happening this season with the Lakers, like most, it's whatever is whatever is happening is not working. And if you can get a guy, if you can get an All Star level player that plays def, plays defense, can score the basket basketball, um, I'm I'm all for trying to get those guys, and you would have to. Russell Westbrook would have to be part of that package or have to be, like, the main guy in that trade if you're not trading Anthony Davis, who, like, I don't think we should trade yet because he does have the ability to score the basketball and play really top-level defense. He didn't, hasn't really shown it much this season, but I think, like, he can obviously do it. We know he can do it. It's just a matter of the effort he's putting in. So I would say, like, you know, you're saying, like, why not build around LeBron one more time? Trade everyone. I would say, I would change that to just say build around LeBron and Anthony Davis one more time. Because again, we have a small window where something special can happen. We saw it in 2020. A weird year, a weird season, but we saw it happen. And I think we can do it again. We just have to have the right pieces. And the Lakers blew everything up last season because it was disappointing and didn't work. But LeBron and Anthony Davis were hurt for the majority of the season. So. So yeah, I, I I um. I'm all for rebuilding and and trading most of the guys on the team and stuff, but I do still like Anthony Davis a little bit. And uh, that's it. That's all the questions that uh that I got this week. So I appreciate all you guys for writing in. Another successful mailbag segment. So let's see if the Lakers can turn things around. We're a little a little more than halfway through the season. Um, Got to figure out something quick. All right, thanks for listening, guys. Go Lakers. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Lakers Carpool. If you enjoyed the episode, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts and share it on social media with your friends. You can find the podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or most places where you listen to podcasts. Again, thank you so much for listening, and go Lakers!